I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Mini Break, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel production, your daily podcast for storylines, results, and controversy in the tennis world. Today is Friday, January 3rd, 2020, and we're here to finish off our series on players to watch in this upcoming season. After today, we'll get back into some results from events such as the ATP Cup. We know we want to get those results to you all, so that's what we'll jump back into after this brief offseason that we've been on. Today, uh, with me is my regular, my Wednesday regular, I should say, making the appearance with me on Friday. It's Matt Stokowiak. Matt, how's it going? What's going on, Jamie? It's been a little while, man. Ready to get back out of here. For sure. Uh, First thing I got to ask, how are the holidays? Have a good time? Yeah, good time, man. Had some time off, ate a lot of food, you yeah. know, the the usual uh, holiday activities. It was good, but, uh, you know, it, it's nice to get back in the swing of things now that we're in 2020, and we got a lot of tennis coming up, so pump for that, man. Yes, absolutely. We certainly do. So it's nice marking kind of the end of our offseason. As we're recording right now, listeners, there is sort of the beginning of the ATP Cup, right? The beginning of the ATP Cup. So tennis is coming back on. Uh, been a short offseason, but for, for anybody who follows it as religiously as we do, sometimes that offseason can seem like a really long time. Um, but we're getting back into the swing of it. So without further ado, though, our last player to watch that we're going to talk about, at least dedicate a mini break to um, today, is Greek. Igor Dimitrov, um, a guy who has seen a lot of different things in 2019, seen some some failure, some success, uh, and pretty much everything in between. So that's what we're going to be discussing today, seeing maybe what's in store for him and his team in 2020. I think the first thing we need to talk about, of course, uh, when we're running through why Grigor Dimitrov, right? Like what makes him interesting to talk about, not only because of his 2019, but perhaps what's in store for him in 2020. Why is that an interesting case, Matt? I mean, I think he's just a bit of an enigma, right? I mean, we know how talented this guy is. You know, his strokes are technically perfect. Um, He's got all the shots in the book. I mean, there's no obvious, like, weak spot in his game. He does everything well. Has a good serve, good ground strokes, moves well. He has good feel. Um, You know, there's not much that he doesn't do well. This is a guy that's been ranked as high as number three in the world. Um, You know, a, a contender at Grand Slams. But, you know, over the past couple of years... I think mentally more than anything, he's just been very up and down. His results have not been consistent. Um, You know, he's had good results here and there. But overall, I think for a player of his caliber, he'd be the first one to admit it hasn't been up to his standard. Um, So he's an interesting case just because... We don't really know what we're going to get from Grigor. Are we going to get the Grigor from several years ago where he was top five and he was, you know, a contender at every event that he played, you know, just looking so good, so confident out there? Or are we going to get the Grigor of more recent times where, you know, it it looks like mentally he's a little bit bogged down. He's gone through some coaching changes. He doesn't look sure of himself. um, and, And the results haven't been there. So... I think that's what makes him interesting more than anything is just 
what Grigor is going to show up week in and week out on the ATP tour. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And look, this is a guy who's, he's definitely a part of what we'd call that lost generation, um, if you will. And age 28 now, I'll be turning 29 in May, honestly older than I think. Maybe that's just me aging as well. But to think that Dimitrov's getting toward 30 is just kind of weird because, right, we haven't seen the results from him that you're expecting of a guy of his, you know, sheer athleticism, his talent, um, some of the flair he brings to the court, his competitiveness, right? Like all of those things put together uh, and rolled up into this guy, Grigor Dimitrov. And you think, I mean, yeah, he has that awesome 2017 run um, and taking the title at the, the ATP finals, right? So that's, that's great for him. Um, but since then, it's been weird. Right, like you mentioned, he did get up to number three, but it has been odd, and 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 that sort of pattern continued in 2019. So, um, as we did with the other players, we're going to talk about what we liked in 2019, what we didn't like in 2019, and then move on from there. So, we can start on the more positive. Um, I mean, Matt, what, what did you think? What did you see from Dimitrov that you really liked in 2019? Well, I mean, the lasting memory has to be that U.S. Open run, right? Sure. I mean, that is that is by far the highlight. He goes all the way to the Final Four, the semis. He takes out Roger Federer. He was playing tennis. You know, that's the Grigor that we're used to seeing or that we want to see. That's right. so much fun. And I've always been a big Grigor fan. I mean, I you know, he's got the one-handed backhand. I do as well. He, he looks like Federer out there. Um, so I've always rooted for him. But... This moment, really, it was like, okay, he's still got it. You know, he's 28 years old. He's getting up there in age, and, and really, 28's not that old. I mean, we're talking no. about that. He's got plenty of time left. Sure. Um, but but this was just a good reminder, like, hey, you know, when he's locked in and he's confident, which he was in New York, um, this guy can still play with absolutely anyone in the world. So for me, I mean, that was that was the moment that really stuck out as – Hey man, th this is super positive. He can take this, you know, going into the next year. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And of course, I'm in agreement there that that run, um, watching that match, that five setter on Ash, him taking out Federer, of course, a, a huge moment for him. Going to get us a tiny bit off topic here, so don't get too mad at me. You mentioned the sort of aesthetically looking like Fed at sometimes. This has been a bit of a, I don't know if, I don't know if criticism is the right word, but it's been a talking point around Dimitrov. Some people think, oh, him being called baby Fed has sort of set him back and, and um, sort of put a lot of pressure on him, maybe sort of influenced the way he tried to play. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if I buy that argument now, maybe a few years ago or like five years ago when he was trying to craft his game perhaps, but at this point, do you think that's still like a valid argument as to, you know, why he's underperformed? No, no, I don't at all. Yeah. I mean, that's something, you know, it, look, his game is his game. Does it resemble Federer's a bit? Yes, but it, it's not like he's, you know, going out there specifically trying to emulate that game style. I, um, I, I think that's just a narrative that people got into because, yeah, they look similar. I mean, they both move well. They have the one-handed backhand. Their strokes are so fluid. Um, there are some resemblances there, but, I mean, look, I can't speak for Grigor, right, but there is no way that he can be thinking about that. I mean, when he steps on the court, he's got to own his game. And I just, I fail to believe that that has anything to do with, you know, if we want to call them his struggles. Um, it's not because of that narrative. No, okay. I just wanted to clear the air on that one because it's an interesting one. People start talking yeah. about it. And I think, like I said, maybe a few years ago, perhaps. 
Um, but now that, I mean, look, like you said, he's 28, he's been on the tour a long time now. Um, and so, yeah, his game is his game at this point. So, um, like you said, one thing I really liked the U S open run, of course, those deep runs, anytime he's able to put those together, they're a ton of fun. I think another thing, uh, you know, a bit off the court for me that I liked is you mentioned those coaching changes and yeah, I mean, that, that that's happened. That happens across a career, no doubt about it. But, um, I, I do like his willingness to sort of step up and say, hey, you know, I'm trying to get these perspectives, right? So this year he brought on Agassi and um, Stepanek. So to me, those are positive signs. I mean, do you have any feelings on him bringing those two guys onto his squad? Well, yeah, I mean, I like it, obviously, but it, it's got to translate to the court. That's the thing. I mean, you've got to buy into what those guys are saying. And it just seemed like, you know, a lot of times I don't know if, if he was all there. And, I, you know, I don't know what to attribute that to. Um, but certainly if, if we're talking about, you know, his willingness to, um, you know, seek, you know, guidance from, you know, some of the best players that have played in the past. Um, I think it's a good move, and I, I think he should continue to do that. It can only help him. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I particularly like the Agassi play here because I think Dimitrov has a lot of opportunity. Obviously, the way that from, from a you know technical stroke perspective, the way that Agassi goes to return and Dimitrov probably different, right? I mean, just just simply based on what their strokes look like. Um, but I think that Dimitrov has a ton to learn from Agassi in terms of the return game, especially because, look, Dimitrov, he has a great serve. And when that thing's on, he can hold, I mean, pretty much at will, except for those top-tier guys who are able to really put a ton of pressure on him, right? I mean, Dimitrov has a phenomenal serve, good kick serve out wide. He can do pretty much anything anywhere. Um, and so that, coupled with the fact that if he's able to get some more um, sort of prowess on his return game maybe perhaps from coaching from Agassi or you know some combination of his coaching staff and and whatnot I think he'll be in a really good spot but um, before we get to that for really our outlook of 2020 I think one thing we have to hit is what did you dislike in 2019 and, and I think this is one that we're going to talk about for for a decent amount of time because there's there's a lot of subject matter here right yeah I mean there is uh, number one is just too many first round losses in tournaments I mean he yeah. had not he played 21 tournaments in 2009 nine of them were first round exits that's just too many for a player of his caliber um I, I hate to see that I mean you can't see that um so I, I think that's that's tough you know but really that that stems back to confidence and mental you know I, I you know you mentioned Agassi with help on the returns and all that I, I agree I mean I think he can help there but I think more than anything man mentally is where Grigor has to get locked in. And I think Andre Agassi can help in that, in that standpoint, big time. Um, because, you know, you can tell it's very obvious with Grigor when he's confident and when he kind of just shrinks up in that moment. I remember one match in particular in Atlanta, first round against Kevin King, a former Georgia Tech player who was ranked like outside of the top 400 at the time. He beat Grigor in straight sets in the first round in Atlanta and Grigor just folded, man. He was double faulting all over the place. He just shrunk on the court and for a player of his caliber, it was so obvious and it was difficult to watch. But then, you know, you look at a match at the U.S. Open when he plays Roger and he was extremely confident. You could just see it in his body language, the way that he was, you know, stalking around the court. That's the Grigor that that has to show up more. And, and to be honest, in 2019, it, it didn't really show up enough. Yes, he had a couple good runs, you know, in Paris at the end of the year at the U.S. Open. Um, but overall, I mean, to go 22 and 21 
on the year. You're you're one match over 500. Um, you know, in my opinion, that that's not good enough. It's not going to cut it. No, and you're absolutely right. And the crazy part about this, you and I, of course, when we were deciding who we wanted to talk about, um, we, we were listing some of the stats off for the year. And what's crazy, you say he goes 22 and 21. He's currently 20 in the world, and he went 22 and 21 for the year. Like that is that in and of itself is mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, it, it goes to show you what a couple of good runs can do for you because entering the entering the U.S. Open, uh, he was about seventy eight in the world. So that that semifinal run there, um, you know, after he beat Roger, loses to Medvedev in the semis, um, he was able to shoot up back into that top thirty, you know, top twenty five range um, with with one tournament. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and it's just funny. You look at some of these other stats too. I mean, look, um, in the Masters events, he's dead even, seven and seven for the year. Keep in mind, this is a dude who's twenty in the world. He goes seven and seven in Masters one thousands. Tie breaks, for example, nine and twenty one. Like things like that are, are just so surprising to me. But look, at the end of twenty nineteen, he finds himself in the beginning of twenty twenty. Now he finds himself in the top twenty in the world. So yeah. I mean, if I'm Grigor Dimitrov, I'm thinking, wow, I really didn't have a great year. Sure, I put together that great run at U.S. Open, which was awesome. Gave me some confidence. Of course, he showed some good tennis at Paris, in Paris as well. He's lucky to be where he is right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Jamie. I mean, there's no question about it. He can look at 2020 and say, man, I, with all of the first-round losses I took last year, I've got everything ahead of me. I mean, he can gain some serious points. Um, throughout 2020, if he just it plays yeah. up to his potential, there's no question. It's all in front of him. Yeah, and, and what's funny to me too, and you know, I think you can spin this as a positive, right? Like, hey, I was this inconsistent in 2019, really didn't do what I needed to, and I'm still at 20 in the world, right? So think about if I, you know, clean a few different things up, right? I got this new coaching staff in. If I get a few things um, really ironed out. I can be looking much higher than that, you know. Look, I mean, look at what I was able to do in 2019, right? So I think that's that's sort of where he's able to build some confidence, perhaps. Um, and, and I hope he does. Look, I've always been a Dimitrov fan, not only just because of the cleanness of his game, but um, I mean the way he competes, I really respect. And I like you said too. I mean, I guess he's going to help in more ways than just one, but really being able to lock into those matches and, and consistently show up as a threat every time. You mentioned all those first round losses. I mean. Um, as we move to our next question, that's what needs to improve for 2020. This isn't as specific, but it's the first round losses, right? I mean, you, you just can't have, what'd you say? Nine out of 21. You, you can't have nine out of your 21 tournaments be first round losses. No, you can't. And I mean, look, I don't want to even break down and, and say like, you know, his backhand needs work, his return. He can work on all that, but that's not really the problem. He showed at the U S open that he doesn't have any glaring issues with his, physical game to me it's with Grigor man and I've said this for a long time I know you've heard me I know listeners have heard me but it's all mental with Grigor that that's it he's got all the tools there's no question he has all the shots he just it's whether he's confident in his game and he can step out on the court and execute because you know when he can't 
it's obvious and we see it in those first round matches that yeah. he's losing um, you know whether it's the double faults or just the unforced errors or you know trying to slice a bunch of balls off his backhand side that are going you know four feet past the baseline or three feet wide it's just it, it's very clear when he's mentally struggling and so for me you know he can go back during the offseason and work on you know his forehand his backhand all he wants to I don't think that's the problem with him I I think he's just got to dial in on the mental side of things and if he can do that and bring confidence then we know he can play with anybody yeah I I mean I agree and I think to, to take it sort of one step deeper I guess I think one thing for me, and you talk to these top guys, I remember, I can't remember if it was an interview or just a conversation that sort of got publicized, but it was back when Robert, uh, Robin Soderling was getting toward the top of the world, and he was talking to some of these top guys like Federer and Nadal and saying like, hey, you know, like, I mean, how are you guys doing this? Like, I feel like I'm on fire sometimes, and then I'm getting into these matches and I'm losing. Like, how do you how do you maintain that highest level of all time? And, and essentially their answer is like, yeah, of course, like when your strokes are on fire, I mean, that's perfect right? Those are the matches you're going to win just because you're that good and you're on fire. And so when we see that sort of Dimitrov, there's no problem, right? Because like you said, he's got the strokes, he's got the physicality. When things are working for him, it's great. It's really when things aren't working for him out of the gate that he needs to be able to still come away and win matches. You talk about guys who know how to win, even though they're not playing their best. People like Nadal, Djokovic, I mean, yes, they're incredible, but it's also the fact that it is so hard to beat them because even when they're not at their best, they are able to find another gear, right? They're able to dig deep, have high shot tolerance. They're able to do these different things that keep them in matches until their shots start clicking again and then they're back on track, right? So that to me is what Dimitrov needs to bring in 2020. It, it can't just be a, oh man, I'm having an off day. I'm going to lose this match, right? Because that's not what the great guys at the top of the game do. Even if they're not having a top day, I mean, uh, their best day, we've seen, we've seen these top guys not play their best at all and still win. Because that's what you do when you're a top guy. And so I think that's sort of my goal. Is if, if I see matches where Dimitrov's starting poorly, he needs to know how to right the ship. You know, I don't want to see a bunch of matches. He loses a first set and then it's just over. Right, because that's we've seen that a lot from Rigor, and I think in those first round matches, you can attribute a lot to that to, to that sort of um, narrative. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. I, I think that's a great point, and I, I really hope that that's kind of what he focused on during the off season. Um, because yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, those top guys just know how to find. They know how to adjust. They know how to find another gear, whatever it may be. And and Grigor, I mean, I guess you could say that's kind of what separates him maybe from, you know, those elite top, you know, three to five players in the world. And then maybe Grigor just a step below them uh, because he doesn't have that same ability like those guys do uh, to win when he's not playing his best. But, um, you know, I, I, I certainly hope that he can, he can do that because, again, this is a guy that I enjoy watch playing, but For sure. I'll tell you what, Jamie, he's a hell of a lot more fun to watch when he's when he's playing well and he's having fun out there and he's confident and fist pumping than when he's slumping his shoulders and he's walking around and double faulting, you know, 15 times in a match, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the double faulting thing was definitely not a fun one to watch. I mean, he had some real trouble with that second serve for a while. And, and it seems like he sort of um, fixed that, whether probably more of a mental thing, but he, um, and I mean, he did have a bit of an arm injury as well, took some time off, then came back from it. Um, and that's when it started sort of 
you know, manifesting itself even more because he was probably in his head about it, right? So one thing led to another, and he was just double faulting like crazy. Um, but it, it seems, at least for the time being, that that's out, which is great. And and you're right, this is one of the most entertaining guys to watch on tour. I mean, when this guy's on, he can turn defense into offense, you know, as good as well as anybody, right? Um, he just has that talent level. He can scramble with anybody, um, and so he can use the offense with everybody. He has phenomenal touch at the net. I mean, he really does have all of the pieces. Um, it's just a matter of putting them together and keeping them together, right? It's, it's about you know making that complete game and then being able to translate it from tournament to tournament, not making a semifinal round and then losing first round, and then making the quarters and then losing first round, right? He's just he's got to be able to maintain that level, and 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 that's a theme, of course, right? If if you're able to maintain a consistently high level, you're going to be at the top of the game. So of course that's that's going to be something that we're going to talk about with all of these guys who are looking to sort of knock on the door um, at that next level. But really, the last one we've got because we've talked about what we liked, what we didn't like, what needs to improve, and what we're looking for. If you're Grigor, what's a successful 2020 season look like to you? I mean, it's hard to say, man, right? Because, I mean, if you look at last year, he entered the year at number 19 in the world, and now he's, what, number 20, mm-hmm. 12 months later. So for him, I think he would tell you he had a he, he had a very bad year. By his standards, he wouldn't be happy about it at all. You know, of course, with the exception of a couple good tournaments. Um, so I don't think for Grigor to classify it as a good year, I don't think he can just stay at 20. I mean, I think he needs to finish around that top 10 area um, in order for him to be like, you know what? I had a really good year. I was consistent throughout. I was able to move up and hang around that top 10. That's where I deserve to be. That's where I should be. Um, I I think that's what it's going to take in order to really consider it a productive good year for him because if he just sits here again and and we're talking 12 months from now Jamie yeah well Grigor's at 20 you know he's still at 20 in the world I just I I don't know if that's gonna cut it I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is The Deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I think that's fair. And what's interesting, too, because you talk about, um, say, yeah, he goes from, what was it? At the very end of 2018, he was 19. At the very beginning of 2019, he's 21. And now he's at 20, so you're thinking like, oh, you know, hey, pretty consistent across the board. But that that, that tells a completely different story from what we have seen in the results, right? It's been anything but consistent. And so um, I think for me, um, a successful 2020 for him is knocking on the top, uh, knocking on the door of the top 10. Um, I think at least with the level of his tennis, I mean, that's where he should be honestly, um, I, if not in the top 10. I mean, when you're looking at talent level, I mean, this guy has got it all. And so obviously when you're when you're looking at the ATP rankings, when you're looking at the top 10, I mean, you've got some tough names that you need to bump out to get in there. Um, I mean, of course, but I, realistically, I don't know why he couldn't be able to do it, really. I mean, it's just being able to do that. There are guys like Batista Agut and Monfils who are in the top 10 right now who realistically just from the tennis at tennis itself he should be able to be ranked above 
Um, and so it's, it, yeah, exactly. It's not unfathomable to say that he could be in the top 10 by the end of the year. I mean, really, it's just going to come down to can he maintain consistency and can he, I mean, look, when you're, you're putting, you're leaving so many points on the table if you're losing first round that much. Even if you're getting a couple more rounds in, you're giving yourself such a better opportunity to build on that season as opposed to just letting it all drop. So, I don't know. For me, I think, like I said, nearing the top 10, perhaps in it, I think is a successful one. Flip it a little bit for us here. What do you think is a like bad 2020 for him? Well, I mean, are we are we considering 2019 bad? I mean, that, that's really up to you. I mean, to, to me, I would call it, I don't even know. It's, I would say neutral leaning bad because, because he ends, he's still in, at the end of the day, he's still 20, right? So that's, that's good for him. That's the only sort of saving grace. Otherwise it would have been bad. Yeah. You take out that U S open run. That's, that's a bad season with a decent finish at Paris. Yeah, I mean, I, I still right, and that's the thing for me. I, I look at I look at this as a as a poor season. I mean, when you're as good as Grigor and you have that talent, you know, to go 22 and 21 overall, that sure. that is that is bad. That's I mean, poor. that he, that's poor. Um, he he should be better than that, and there's no question about it. So, um, I mean, I think anything you know similar to last year, that that's going to equal a a very disappointing season. I mean, I don't think. I really hope he doesn't go, you know, 500 again and and have the type of year that he did last year. I don't think he's going to. I mean, to be honest, Jamie, I don't think it's going to get worse than it did last year with nine first-round losses. I I don't see that happening. It's just a matter of if he can turn it on. I mean, you mentioned RBA, you know, Bautista, good guys like that. The difference between a guy like RBA and Grigor is just – RBA doesn't ride the wave, man. He's so consistent throughout the whole season. Every Mm -hmm. tournament, every match, you know what you're going to get. Whereas Grigor is... He's riding the roller coaster, man. He's up, he's down, he's twisting around. I mean, he's everywhere. So, I just... Yes, can he get back in the top 10? Of course he can. He has the talent to do it. Is he going to be consistent enough, though? I I don't know, man. I mean, at this point, I haven't seen anything where I'm going to say, yeah, for sure, I'm counting on it. You know, he's going to approach the top 10 12 months from now. I I can't go that far. Um, But if he has another season like he did in 2019 and he's roughly around 500 with nine first-round losses, that'll be a bad year. I mean, that's as low as it can really get. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Obviously, we can't account for anything like injuries or, or you know, taking leaves off oh, or anything course, like that. But um, I think for me, you know, granted, if, if he plays a normal schedule, I think that's definitely fair what you're talking about in the record. I think for me, um, if he drops out of the top 25, that's that's very bad. You know, that's, that's just not where he needs to be. Um, and ultimately, of course, he's going to be looking to push up as high as he possibly can. But, um, you know, if he had another season where, you know, regardless of the record outcome, you know, where he had his runs, whatever, if he ended up at 20 again, it'd be sort of like, eh, you know, whatever. It's like not great, kind of disappointing, honestly, but not, I wouldn't necessarily call that like a failure of a season. If he's, if he's ranked something like 32 coming out of, you know, 2020 with playing a regular season, that's a bad look for him. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it really comes down to me. It's going to be the eye test too, man. I, he's one of those That's players fair. that it's just it's so easy to tell by watching him. You know, so many of these guys they keep you know they they look the same even when they're not playing well. It's like man, this guy looks just about the same as he does normally. Grigor, it's the opposite. I mean, you just know when he's not playing well. It is so obvious. So I just think as we go through this season and we watch him from tournament to tournament, just the eye test, man, is going to tell us whether or not he's having a good season. We're going to know. Put the results aside, you know, because if the results are going to take care of themselves if he does what he needs to do, and that's going to be obvious. We'll see it when we're watching. That's fair. Dimitrov, yeah, in that regard, you can absolutely tell. I mean, he'll be spraying balls from everywhere. He will not – I mean, he'll look like a shell of himself. You're, you're, that, that's a great point because he's not somebody who can sort of hide that. And, and No, not at all. <laughs> so definitely um, within not too long we'll, or not too long of a time period, I think we'll be able to tell. Um, yeah, he'll be in action here pretty soon because he's leading Team Bulgaria in the ATP Cup. So – um, you know, I, I think he's a guy who is poised to have a really good 2020 if he gets, you know, if he's if he's got himself in a good um, sort of mindset. Um, but also, I mean, he could have another year like this year. It's really difficult to tell. And I think, I think for him, he's got to start off the year well. Um, I think that's just he's got a ton of opportunity to do it too, right? Especially if we're talking in terms of rankings, you know, he can really capitalize on some of these early exits he had. Um, and that goes throughout, throughout 2020, right? He had a lot of early exits. So in these tournaments, if he's able to sort of right the ship on those and come back and say, Hey, you know what? We're going to have a better run at this one even makes it into like a third round. Not saying that's great because Dimitrov should be really pushing deep into most tournaments he plays. Uh, but even if he's able to do that, he'll he'll sort of um, sweep up after some of those bad, bad results that he had this year. And uh, maybe hopefully this year he won't run into Vavrinka in the first round so many times, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that that was some tough draws for him there. Obviously, that matchup is not good. No. Um, but yeah, no, man. I mean, I wish him the best. Look, I, again, don't get it twisted. I, I like Grigor. I've been a fan. I want him to do well. I would love nothing more than to see Grigor just stomp on some guys this year and kind of just reestablish himself as, you know, one of the borderline top 10 players in the world. But, um, you know, recent years, I just, I don't know if I can have the confidence to say that it will happen. So I, I, I wish him the best. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. As of late, he's not given us a ton to, to, you know, sort of, uh, sort of invest, our, uh, I don't know, our, our best ideas around his consistency, right? Because we just don't know. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right. He's a guy who, of course, I'm going to be rooting for. Very fun to watch. And, and I think there's going to be um, some big opportunities for him in 2020. So it'll be good. Definitely a player to watch. Um, and, you know, with that, we're wrapping up our players to watch for 2020. Of course, um, you know, here at Crack Rackets, we wish we could do a pod, maybe even two on every single player that that's on the tour. But um, we had to handpick these a bit. So apologies for any bias there. You know, if you if you want to hear a breakdown on a certain player that you didn't hear, you know, comment for us. You know, follow us on social and tell us about it if you want to hear a pod. And you know, the gang, me, Stokoyak, uh, you know, Grusk and Rothman, we'll get together and, and we'll, we'll we'll talk we'll talk about those players. But uh, Matt, I want to thank you for hopping on our off of our regular schedule doing the Friday mini break, throwing me off. Off a touch can't be saying Wednesday on here anymore but um, <laughs> equally as fun to have you here on a Friday so uh, thanks again for hopping on what do we tell our listeners that's a break all right and we'll catch you guys next time <laughs>